couldn't catch my breath. It was getting shallower and shallower, and I can remember saying to myself, I am dying. And then his blood pressure dropped. And I looked at the doctor and I said, what's wrong with him? His heart stopped. And he says, well, we need to intubate your husband right now, or else he could die. And then we start doing the chest compressions. Dean Braxton's system was shutting down. It started as a routine procedure to remove a kidney stone. Now he was dying. Dr. Manuel Irigi was on duty in the critical care unit at St. Francis Hospital in Federal Way, Washington. He explains what went wrong. As it turns out with, with him, the antibiotic that he received was uh, not good for the bacteria, he was resistant. Dean's body went into multi-organ failure and his heart flatlined. Dr. Irigi's team worked furiously to revive him. Dean's wife, Marilyn, prayed. I did say to the Lord, I said, Lord, you said in your word that you've come to give Dean life and life abundantly. And I claim that abundant life for him. At times, the unit was in chaos as they worked to save Dean's life. But he was experiencing something very different. I wasn't afraid. It was like, I'm going home. Dean believes he went to heaven. When I first entered in, it was just bright. It wasn't so much what I saw as much as what I experienced. The first thing I perceived was everything is right. There's nothing wrong here. And I said, it's past peace. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible in Philippians, the fourth chapter, that says, peace past understanding. That's what's going on there. It's landscape, but more, because everything's alive. Nothing's dead. I don't mean just live like grass. I mean, it's intelligent, it can move, you know, it thinks. And someone says, well, that's way out there. It was way out there for me, you know, I'll tell you the truth. We got a pulse. Dean says he felt like he was being pulled back into his body. Then he flatlined a second time. Again, he was in heaven. This time, he saw Jesus. The first thing that comes to me is he's bright, just like John says, he's brighter than the noonday sun. And the next phrase I say, I wish people could grab it, and it's this one, and we can look at him. And what you're looking at is not so much the physical part of it. You're really experiencing the love he has for you. And I tell people it's, it's like he only loves you and no one else. I saw him communicating to angels. He would just look at them. Communication there was thought to thought. They would acknowledge his receiving his information, bow before him like this, and then back out. And it was like, wow. Dean admits he didn't want to come back. And I don't tell you the truth, I was happy. I was planning on staying, you know, and people always say, yeah, 
You know, didn't you love your wife and your children? Yes, I loved them probably more than I ever could. But I was thinking, you come here. You come here where everything is right. Then Dean saw family he hadn't seen in a long time. And yet, on the other side of Jesus was my family, my grandmother Mary, but with her were other relatives. And some I had recognized. I had been on this planet when they were here. But then there was generation after generation after generation after generation of those that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that helped to produce me on this planet. They came to greet me in. And it was like, God. While Dean was in heaven, Marilyn continued asking God for a miracle. I purposed in my heart that whatever the outcome, I was going to follow God all the way. After an hour and 45 minutes, Dean came back with a weak but steady heart rate. But the bacteria had done a lot of damage, and he had to go on dialysis. I did not think he was going to survive. I, and I, in a way, I, I told his wife that, you know, now well, we have just to pray and, and wait, because there is nothing else I can do. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a healer. And uh, I was trusting God for Dean's healing. Three days later, Dean woke up. He was so eager. We got to get people saved. We got to let people know about Jesus. Despite doctors' concerns that Dean's prolonged ordeal would leave him impaired or even worse, there are no signs that Dean even had a brush with death. He's the picture of health. In fact, the staff at St. Francis Hospital dubbed him the Miracle Man. It's a miracle that he's alive. There's no question about it. It is a miracle. Yeah, he's alive, that he's talking, that he has no brain damage. Uh, but but this, this is very exceptional because he was really, really dead for, for a long time. So what does a man do who's experienced heaven and still wants to be there? Dean says Jesus told him something that keeps his feet firmly planted. I felt like he was saying, I need you there more than I need you here. And I came to understand then how important it was for me to complete what God had put me on this planet to do. The bottom line is, until I'm finished here, you know, and, and I cannot go back home. I tell people most of the time, I'm on my way home. Don't get me wrong, I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I have to go to get home. Praise God. Amen. Would you stand with me here this evening? And uh, won't you help me welcome our good friend and guest speaker tonight, uh, Dean Braxton. Let's give him a great hand of applause and welcome him. New Harvest style. Praise God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Father, we thank you for your presence here tonight. Yes, you come to bring life and life more abundantly. There are several people that need that tonight, Lord, whether it's their finances or their family or their health or their mental stability. They need that life that you said that you came to give us. So, Father, I thank you right now. Yes, Lord that life is being imparted into many people, even right now. Yes, their lives are being changed for your good. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Praise the Lord. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm always welcome back in this place. I've already talked to Richard about coming back next year. You know? And, um, and, and to say that, that really is the father. He's the one that told me I needed to be back here next year, which means he's going to do something in this place. I'm just a part of it. I'm not the part. I'm a part. I'm a tool for God to use in his kingdom how he wants to use me. And so there's something that's happening in this area that he wants this tool to be used in. Somebody better grab what I just said there. You know what I mean? So I um, have already agreed to come back around this time next year. Whether Richard agreed to it or not, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I want you to understand, I'm usually booked out a year ahead of time. I could be booked out two years ahead of time. You know, people are all asking me all over the country. Next year, I do get to go to Finland and Sweden, and I do take a trip um, to Israel next year also. So God is, uh, I mean, you guys, it's not like I'm trying to uh, push myself on these two or anything like that. They'd be my friend even if I didn't come. You guys get that? If I didn't show up, they still would be my friends. You know, so, so just know that God has something he's doing here. I'm telling you because if you're here and a part of this body, I said it before, tagged, you're it. Remember that. That means Jesus Christ has tagged you for some reason to be a part of this body for whatever the movement that's going to take place in here. I'm going to talk about heaven, but you've got to understand, Jesus is a strategizer. He's, he's the best strategizer there is, and you're part of that strategy He's after this area. I remember when I came here the last time, I told you my father was uh, leaving the planet, my, my, my natural dad, uh, in 2017. And in his house, when I was taking care of him, the Lord let me know that he wants California. Okay? He wants California. Don't look at the politics. Don't look at the situation in here in L.A. and what's going on. Look at what God said. He wants California. You're a part of that, okay? So I'd say that, and I know someone just said, he wants every place. Yeah, he does. But he told me he wants California. I'm just being honest with you about that. So you have to understand that you're just not here just to be here. You're here because God wants you here. A few years ago, I met some people that were from, um, they were Ninevites. I don't know if you know that Ninevites are still around. That was, uh, if you know the story of Nineveh, when Jonah was in the great fish or the big well, whatever you want to call it, and he was thrown up on the shores of Nineveh, and he, and he went through the town, and he told Nineveh people they needed to repent, and they did. And then, and then Jonah got mad because they repented. Sometimes we are the same way. You understand what I mean? Because we want someone's life to be changed, and when they start changing, oh, we didn't really want it that way. All right? Well, I was with these people in Chicago, and they were telling me they were Ninevites. They're descendants of the Ninevites that were um, the ones that Jonah had repented way back when. They're still around, you guys. They're still around. Those people ain't, ain't dissolved. They're still around. Okay? And, and they were telling me about how ISIS was entering in their line. Remember ISIS, that Islamic group that, 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 that had that really structure around how they wanted people to be. And, and even now, where they're still around, even in, uh, 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 where is it, where we leave? Afghanistan. Afghanistan. 
So they were telling me about how when ISIS was coming into their area, they kind of have a, a place up there in Iraq, that, in that area, and they were telling me how ISIS was coming in and how people were escaping, people that they knew were escaping, coming here to the United States. That's where they were coming. And they said, but there were this one group of people that stayed, and they said, and the strong ones stayed. That's what they said. Now, when they said that to me, I'll be honest with you, they didn't make an emphasis like I'm making an emphasis. It was just part of the conversation. Like, us Christians, we have people that are called out to be the strong ones. Amen. That, that means they may give their life for the gospel. That's supposed to be the norm, okay? And, 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 they, and they kept on telling me things after that. And I thought, wow, the strong ones stayed. Now, we saw some of those strong ones when we saw where ISIS had lined up all these Christians on the beach and they were cutting their heads off. Those were Ninevites. You guys hear what I just said? Those were people that had had Jonah come into their country centuries ago and they repented. They even have to this day a holiday called Bacala. It's to celebrate when Jonah came in their country. You guys, you got to hear this, okay? Because sometimes we think it just happened, they disappeared. They're still around, and they celebrate every year what they call Bacala, which is the celebration of Jonah coming into their country, and they repenting. You guys getting this? You know? She told me that, and she's saying it just kind of nonchalant, and she says, yeah, and when Christ showed up, many of us accepted Jesus Christ. Like, it's supposed to be that way. You have someone throw a fish up on your shore. You know what I mean? And, and, and all of a sudden, your, your people repent. Wouldn't you think when God shows somebody else, you go right with it right off the bat? You wouldn't resist it? And that's what happened. But I thought about that. You that are here in California still, because many of you are leaving. The last time I heard, California was getting a deficit. There was more people leaving than are coming. Do you guys hear what I just said? For a number of reasons but if you're still here you're the strong ones you're chosen to be here for a reason you know so many of you are saying i don't know what god wants me to do he wants you to stay here in california and tell people about jesus i know you've been looking for a word there it is you got it okay he wants you here because you're the strong ones and he needs the strong ones to stay where they're at so that other people can come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's what he's about. You know, you saw that video there. I died for an hour and 45 minutes. You know, there's no question about that. I've had people vet me, uh, scrutinize me, and they always come up with the same, ex the same answer. I died. You know what I mean? I was at a, a festival a few years ago, or not a few years ago, a few weeks ago in uh, Whitehall, New York. I was at the Sasquatch Festival. You know what the Sasquatch is? Bigfoot Festival. In Whitehall, New York, they have what they call the Bigfoot Festival, but they call it the Sasquatch Festival. And at the Sasquatch Festival, I had a booth, the church there put a booth together, and then they put a sign that says, talk to the man that died for an hour and 45 minutes. And so I'm out there, right there, you know, almost like those circuit things. You know how they have the circus guys out there and everything like that? And people come by and they would ask me questions of what it was like when I died. And how did I die? 
Well, in my book on page, uh, uh, chapter 11, it has the medical records in there. So I kept on opening it up to the medical records. And every medical person that came by, they would read that, and they said, man, you died. That's what they would say. After they read the medical records, they say, you died. What was it like? And then I got to share with them, not only going through the process of leaving this planet, but also going to be with Father and Jesus in heaven. I must have talked to anywhere between 50 to 60 people about this at that, that day, okay? Individually, conversation, me and them, all right? So I can prove I died. The medical record said it. Hour and 45 minutes is not me saying it. It's what the paperwork said. You saw the doctor. That was Dr. Rigge. He was the actual man that was in the room, you know? He said what? I was really, really dead. He didn't, he didn't say for an hour and 45 minutes. He just said for a long time because he probably wasn't even timing it. Man, this guy's been out. This guy's been out. You know, he wasn't timing it at all. Matter of fact, he told me and my wife that he usually quits working on a person after 30 minutes. Okay? But he went another 30 minutes, another 30 minutes, and another 15 minutes on me. Why? Because people were praying. Because I wasn't advocating it for it. I wasn't up there rooting for him saying, come on, get it together, Dr. Rigge. I got to get out of this place. See, I was born again. I knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I had the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of me. Last night in Celebrate Recovery, I told him, I'll tell you the same thing. I went where Christians are supposed to go. It is not unusual for Christians to go to heaven. That's what happens to us when we leave our body. You know, coming back is a whole different issue. And I love to tell it like this nine-year-old kid. He captured it. I said it here before. I said it last night. I'll probably say it on Sunday. This nine-year-old kid came up to me and said, you die. I said, yes. He said, you went to heaven. I said, yes. He said, you came back. I said, yes. And then his next words were so profound. He said, I'm sorry. <laughs> he got it, you guys. Everything is right. There's nothing wrong. And I fit. You know? I don't know how to explain that to you. It wasn't my works that got me in. It was Jesus that got me in. What's made, me, made it so easy for me to go out and proclaim things is I came to understand something. You don't get me in. Jesus does. If you don't like me, that's okay. I still get to go. If you don't believe what I'm saying tonight, that's okay. I still get to go. It's not based on you. It's based on what he did for me. I am so free. My father wanted me to emphasize that because he wants you to grab the same thing to understand. You are so free. It doesn't matter what they think. It's what he thinks. Is that good news, you guys? Somebody needed to hear that tonight because you're letting others tell you that, uh, things about yourself and not going to Jesus. You know, he knows so much about you. You know, there's a scripture I like to read uh, almost everywhere I go. It's found in John, the 14th chapter, 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. This is Wednesday night. Lord wants me to do something a little bit different than I usually do on a Sunday. Sunday, usually I'm reaching out for those that are coming to hear me for the first time. And, 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 and I want to make sure that I present in such a way that they come into the kingdom of God. Tonight, we'll do some of that too. 
But I also want you to hear me so that you advance in the kingdom of God. There's a difference there, okay? I, I'm going to be saying some things tonight for one reason only, so that your boxes are blown and God can move like he wants to move in your life. I may get weird for some of you tonight. Do you hear what I just said? But that's okay. You can call me a weirdo. I still get to go to heaven. Is that good news? In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am there, you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I usually like to bring that out because when I'm going somewhere, I want people to know I believe Jesus is the only way. Okay? Not because I said it, because he said it. There is no other way to get there but through Jesus Christ. I'm not saying that so Christians agree with me. If you agree with me or don't agree with me, that's okay. That's the way it is whether you believe it or not. Okay? The other night I was doing a, a video and I didn't know what I was getting myself into. You know, it's called You Only Can, you Can Only Imagine. I thought it was a Christian show. It came out to be a Buddha show. I, I'd be asked to, to speak in all kinds of things, you guys. All right? So in this Buddha show, I'm talking to the guy and he says, well, I've talked to many people that say they died and they went where they believed they were going to go. Do you believe you went where you were supposed to go? I said, the truth. You hear what I just said? I didn't say nothing about belief. I said, the truth is, when Jesus died, I was supposed to be with him. Do you hear what I just said? There ain't a belief about it. That's the truth. And I know something. I'm going to share it with you. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So everybody is going to come to the truth sooner or later. It is better you come to that truth here on the planet because there it is too late. You guys get this. And I had to say that on that show with these people, and it's going all to these people. It's kind of funny. And I know some of you, this might make you think, oh, Dean, why did you do that? The sponsor of that show was some tarot card reader. And I know you guys, but I want to reach the tarot card reader. I want them to know the truth. Do you guys hear what I just said? It's about the truth. And this is what this is telling you. The truth is that everybody's going to leave the planet sooner or later. But you that are born again know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're going where he is. That's the truth. You could even say, I don't believe you go to heaven when you leave your body. I believe you go in the ground, stay there for a few thousand years, and then you rise up. But I'm going to tell you something. You're going where Jesus is because he said you're going there. That's the truth. It's out of your hands. You born again, it's out of your hands. Yeah. And I can't see no one going to heaven and being in heaven and thinking, man, I thought it was different than this. I thought I was going to go sleep in the ground for a little while. You know what you're going to be. I am so glad I'm wrong. You know? That's the truth. I love to talk about what it's like to die. Probably do that on Sunday. I like to talk about what it was like to leave my body and go to heaven. I'd probably do that on Sunday. But the Father wants me to emphasize something else tonight, something that I really have never really emphasized like I'm supposed to emphasize tonight. All right? 
here I am leaving my body and I'm going to be with the Father and Jesus and I enter in. Now before me was this light. It looked like a window. It wasn't a window. That's what it looked like. If you go in your Bible and you study your Bible, you're going to say uh, many places where they're going to talk about spiritual things and they're going to use the word L-I-K-E a whole lot. The reason they're using that is because that's the eternal realm. This is a temporal realm. How do you talk about an eternal realm that's not falling apart in a temporal realm where everything is falling apart? Even if you try to describe that realm here, by the time you get the picture of what it is, it, that thing has deteriorated even more. It's moved farther away from this realm here. You guys getting this? So when I say it looked like a window, that's what it looked like. That doesn't mean it was a window. That's the best way I can describe it. Paul called it a door. I mean, not Paul. John called it a door. If you read in Revelation, he saw a door open, and he went through a door. For me, it looked like a window. Maybe something else, you guys, that looked different. I, I'm hoping you don't have to come back here and explain it. Seriously. You know? But when I entered into that realm, I, my first thought was everything is right there's nothing wrong and i fit the feeling of fitting in there was like i was always supposed to be here this was my natural environment i didn't realize how out of place i had been until i got back here on the planet you know i didn't realize that when jesus said he went to prepare a place for me that, that place was made just for me. I didn't understand that. But when I got there, and I got there, I realized I was in my place. When it talks about in, in heaven, there's many mansions. Many of us think there are going to be all these houses that we're going to be entering into. And it doesn't mean that. When I went to Bible school, I got one of the most disappointing uh, uh, analysis of that scripture that I ever had. Here I am in Bible school, and I'm learning about the mansion, and they said, really, it's not a mansion. It's more like an apartment complex. <laughs> and I thought, I don't want to go to heaven and be in an apartment complex. I'm moving up. I'm moving to houses. You know, why would I go back and be in an apartment complex? You know, I live in one now, so don't think. Okay. But the reality of it, I remember that. And I kind of pushed it to the side. I'm going to get the mansion. You guys can all live in an apartment. And when I got to heaven, it wasn't even that. When I got there, I found out I was in my place. If you study out that scripture even more, when it talks about mansion, it ends up with the words space. That's what it really means. There's a space in heaven that only you can fulfill because Jesus made that space for you. You guys, it's tailor-made. And it's not like a space like I'm standing right here on this stage and I'm in my space. It's a space in the family of God. There's a place, a space in the family of God that only you can fulfill. Nobody else can fulfill that space. It'd be like I'm number two out of uh, four boys in my family. I got an older brother, then there's me, and I got two younger brothers. If I was to leave this planet today, Nancy, my brother that is number three cannot fulfill my space 
It's always going to be my space. And in heaven, when Jesus says he goes to prepare a place for you, there is a space in the family of God for you that nobody else can fulfill but you. And don't think it just starts there. It starts when you become born again. It's even here on this planet. Most of us don't look at the church as a body. We look at it as team, organization, corporation. But God called it a body. I really think the reason we have denominations is because body parts didn't get along. The thumbs decided that they didn't like what the toe was doing. And they decided they would get all together, and it had to be the right thumb. It couldn't be the left thumb. And all of a sudden, we come up with a denomination because all the right thumbs decided we got it right. You guys getting this? Not understanding that we are a body. Even when you get to heaven, you're part of a body. Someone says, uh, when you get there, if me and Pastor Richard were there and we saw each other, we would look at each other and the first words out of our mouth would be, how can I serve you? Most of us don't realize that servanthood is the highest position. When you get to heaven, you're going to be a servant. I know somebody, oh man, I thought I was going to be a prince or a, a king and I'm going to be up here. Well, guess what? Even prince and kings are supposed to be servants. They're supposed to be put in power to serve the people. Our president is supposed to be put in power to serve the people. Those Congress people are supposed to be put in power to serve the people. Those senators. Mayors, pastors are in the position they are in to serve the people. It's the highest position. The Bible even tells us those that are served are in a higher position. So when you get to heaven, like I got to heaven and I was in my place, I was in that space in the family of God to be able to serve others the best way I could. You guys got to grab this, you guys. You know, because here on the planet, we don't do too good about it. Do you hear what I just said? You know, we think, even in our bodies, that we got to move up so people serve us more. Do you know the second most used word for worship in the New Testament is servanthood? All of those that are serving, those men right back there, they're serving right now and what they're doing. According to what God says, they're worshiping him right now by their servanthood. Sometimes we don't look at it that way. We look at a servant as someone that's bringing us things and serving us. But God says that's the highest form you can have in the kingdom of God is servanthood. And he even references it as worship. You know, my goal wherever I go is to serve. Really, I go to outserve. to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm a problem to some people because they want to serve me and I'm trying to outserve them. Do you understand what I'm talking about? They want to honor me and I understand that, but I want to outserve them because I understand that servanthood is worshiping God. Somebody better grab what I just said here. 
Somebody out there right now is thinking, I got to pull back on my servanthood. And I'm going to say, wait a minute. Evaluate it. Maybe you need to be more uh, pointed in how you serve, but don't pull back on your servanthood. Did you hear me? Because you're worshiping God. Oh. So here I am, I'm entering in heaven, I'm in my space, I'm in the part of that body that I'm supposed to be in, in heaven. And when I see Pastor Richard and he sees me, we, come, we communicate like this, how can I serve you? What am I saying? I'm a part of the body that God wants me to be a part of, to be able to serve somebody else in the body. This is heaven. Our Father, who art in heaven, how be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. I'm not touching anything outside of what God's will is. So here we are. By us serving each other, we become complete. We become complete by serving each other. When I tell people all the time, when you get to heaven, you're going to be complete. And then I tell them, oh, yeah, when we get together, we're going to serve each other. And they say, well, if I'm complete, what are you going to add to me? You don't understand it. You're complete because you're serving each other. Somebody see this arm right here? Has a hand on the end of it, okay? What if my arm decided that it was not going to serve the hand? I'm going to do my own thing, hand. You own your own. How can the hand be complete without the arm? How can the arm be complete without the shoulder? This is just a demonstration, you guys. Because sometimes we get like this. Especially in the ministry sometimes. You know what I mean? I belong to a church. My pastor knows me. You can call him up, you know. Uh, 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 pastor Tony Brazelton, Pastor Cynthia Brazelton, they know who I am. I make sure they know who I am. I make sure they know where I'm going. I report back to them because I am serving them. Guess what they're doing? They're also serving me. It's a two-way street there. It's not a one-way street. And, 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 and I touch a lot of people. This week in Pismo Beach, Santa, Mar Santa Maria area, uh, uh, San Luis Obispo, I had person after person come up to me and tell me the impact that I had on a family member. Somebody, one guy, he said, Dean, I was sick for two months, and all I did was watch your videos and got healed. You, you hear what I'm saying? People are being impacted by what I say. I know that, but I'm still a servant. Now, the reason I do this, you guys, is because we all are sometimes speeding, and the flag people have to wave us down to slow down. And the reason I do that is because sometimes I say something, and I want you to thought, stop and think about it for a while. You, know, you hear what I just said? I just don't want you to just go, whoop, that went past me. I'm saying, stop, think about what that was just said there. Because it's to advance you tonight. It's to help you move in the kingdom of God in a way that you haven't moved before. But you were created for that. There's not going to be a plateau that you reach and you just hover there. It's not going to be it on the planet, and it's not going to happen in heaven, you guys. You are still going to be advancing forward, even in the kingdom of God, because you were created that way. Let me let you know something. God's still creating. 
You know how we think he rested on the seventh day and he just stopped? He's up there like this, okay. I just got to get these people and uh, be concerned with them. He's not doing that, you guys. He's still creating. Heaven is still expanding. He's still creating things in heaven. He's still creating things on the planet. Every day someone is born, God is creating that person. He hasn't stopped creating. And guess what? He is your father. You're his offspring. Do you think you're going to get to heaven and not be creating? You're going to, you're going to take up where, right, right where your father is. This should be good news for you guys. And you ain't going to get tired. You ain't going to get brain tired, mentally tired. You're going to keep on growing in the Lord. Is this good news? Because you were made for that. So I enter into heaven, and when I enter into heaven, all of heaven is glad I'm there. I'm in my place. I'm in my space. They're rejoicing because I showed up. Usually I'll tell you that, that all of heaven was rejoicing, and, and that's where, but I don't go into the details why they're rejoicing. They're rejoicing because I'm in my space. They've been waiting for me to fulfill my space. When Pastor Richard got born again, Jesus Christ told all of heaven, Pastor Richard is coming. Well, he probably didn't say Pastor Richard then. Richard is coming, and when he gets there, he's going to fulfill his space. And they're eager for it. They're wanting him to be there because they're waiting for him to fulfill his place or his space in heaven. Is that good news? When you got born again, I always say you've been announced. But I don't go into the detail why you've been announced. You've been announced so that everything in heaven is anticipating you coming to fulfill your place. Amen. See, in the Bible, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. There is a place in the family of God that nobody else can fulfill but you. And the difference here then there is, here it is temporal, there it's eternal. Is that good news? They're looking forward to you coming because you're going to be with them forever. Mainly it's going to be your family. I've said it here and I'll say it again. We always think it's individuals that are called into the kingdom of God. God is calling families. He's always called families. You read in Genesis, the first chapter, when he created a family, he created that family to be together forever. Even the ones that you think, oh, man, I don't want to be with those people forever. <laughs> but I always get to tell you something. They'll be right, you'll be right. You'll get along with them, they'll get along with you. You get to experience family the way God meant it to be. I can't even explain it on the planet because I can use the best family we have on the planet and it's way short than what God really wanted it to be. You guys getting this? Some of you come from some families that are really messed up. You know what I'm saying? But now you get to go to heaven to experience your family the way God wanted it to be. 
You're not only a part of the family of God, but you're a part of that family that God created you to be with on the planet forever. And you get along. I always tell people, you know you're in heaven. Because when I got there, my family was all smiling. They were all getting along. You know you're in heaven when your entire family is getting along and smiling. The holidays are coming up. We're going to see some not smiling family members after a while. You guys know what I'm talking about. No. So I entered in. Uh, Everything is right. There's nothing wrong. And I fit. I'm in my place. I'm in my space. I'm, I'm in the place that Jesus said that he created for me. Everything's right. There's nothing wrong. I came to understand something. I can't stand what goes wrong. I really didn't want to come back to the planet because it is so wrong. I wasn't created to be in wrongness. I was created to be in rightness and not rightness according to how I say it's right, but according to how he says it's right. It's my natural environment. The best way I could describe it is like taking a fish out of water, throwing it on the pavement. It's going to die. Some of you right now, you're not in a good space because you're out of being right with God. And you say, what do I mean? He's told you to do some things so that you be right with him. Do you hear what I just said? You're going to die outside of that. You were created to be in rightness, his rightness. And the simple thing about it, he's made a way for you to do it. I love to say this to people all the time. I said it on that show I was on. He has chosen you. He just wants you to choose him. The other day I was leading a person to the Lord, Nancy. And I was tired. Really, really mentally tired. It was in a Catholic church. It was in a Catholic church because I go to the Catholics too. I know some of you got them in hell, but God's after them too. I'm just letting you know. There's many people in Catholic Church that's born again. They, they know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. You know, when I talk about my Aunt Barbara, which I'll probably do on Sunday, she was Catholic. But she was in heaven. Okay? So here I am leading this man to the Lord, I'm, and I'm stumbling over my words. I'm just tired. I'm stumbling over my words, Pastor Richard. I'm just stumbling, stumbling, stumbling. I'm saying to myself, this is the worst invitation for God ever. That's what I'm saying to myself. Now, I ain't let him know that. He doesn't know. You understand me? He don't know what he, I, he's supposed to be repeating after me. And I'm saying things, and I'm thinking, oh, this is so bad in my head. And at the end, I just, I wanted to get it over. I said, in Jesus' name. He said, in Jesus' name. And then he says, wow, I feel so different. And I said, it didn't have nothing to do with what I was saying. It had everything to do with what his heart was saying. You know? Jesus heard him, accepted him, and he's in the kingdom of God. Because he's already chose him. He's just waiting for you to choose him. Somebody in this room, you need to make that choice of choosing him. He's already chose you. And I hear the excuse, well, I got to do this, then I got to do this, and I got to give up that. Those are excuses. 
I always say, come in and watch him help you do it. That Celebrate Recovery that I was uh, involved with last night, those are people that are coming to the kingdom of God, and now he's helping them to do it. That's what's going on there. Some of you need to go. Seriously, some of you need to go. This is a word for somebody out there. What do I do, Lord? Go to Celebrate Recovery. Okay. I'm not promoting it because they, they like me. I'm promoting it because it's going to help you. It's there to help you. There's other things in this church that will help you also. If God leads you in that direction, go in that direction. He knows what you need. You know. But the bottom line, some of you are out there and you're wondering about this God. And I'm just telling you, he's already chosen you. He just wants you to choose him. You know. He wants you to know that he went to prepare a place for you. But you can't be in that place unless you choose him. Somebody better grab what I just said there. Most of the time we think, oh, he's just prepared it for people that are born again. He prepared it for everyone. You just need to choose him. This is what the Lord wanted me to share tonight. Sunday I'll be sharing a little bit more about things I experienced in heaven. I just wanted you to see this initial getting in and what it was really about when I say that I got in and everything there was glad I was there. Now you get it, Pastor Richard. Now you get it, Pastor Nancy. You get what I'm saying. When I got there, they were excited because I was in my place. I was literally helping to complete the body that God had put there. Is that good news, you guys? I'm going to ask Pastor Richard to come up here and stand by me. Pastor Nancy, do you usually come up too? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. This is serious business. Some of you have not made the decision for Jesus Christ. You think it's a religion and it's not. It's never been about religious. It's been about, we call it a, re a relationship, I call it fellowship. Fellowship is deeper than relationship to me. I can have a relationship with Pastor Nancy and Pastor uh, Richard up here where we just know each other, but we are getting to know each other's families. We're getting to know each other's kids. We're talking to each other about life issues in our lives. That's when you become fellowship, you know. And that's what God wants. He wants to fellowship with us. You that are out there that have not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he wants to have fellowship with you. He's already made the first few steps towards you. He just wants you to choose him. If you're out there and you've never, ever, ever accepted him as Lord and Savior, and tonight you're saying, I need to do that, raise your hand. Please bow your head and close your eyes. Just raise your hand. Not this time, huh? Maybe the next time. Yeah, we see the hands. We see the hands. Let's say you made a decision for Jesus Christ, but you're not giving him 100%. You're giving him maybe 50%, 60%, 40%, 30%, 20%, 10%. Maybe it's the other way around. You're going 70, 80, 90. 
maybe 99%, but you're not giving him 100%. But tonight you know you need to give him 100% because he's made a place for you. He has a space in the family of God for you. Not only here on this planet, but also in heaven. And you're saying, I want to fulfill that space or that place that he has for me with everything that he's given me. If that's you and you want to give 100%, 100%, raise your hand. We want to pray for you. Just raise your hand. 100%, 100%. Yeah, we see the hands. We see the hands. Yeah, he's talking to you. You can put your hands down. One of the things that stop us from giving 100% is called not forgiving somebody. Sometimes it's not forgiving ourselves because of something that we did last night in Celebrate Recovery. That was one of the things that we were talking about is forgiveness. Not only forgiving others, but also forgiving yourself because you messed up and you think, oh, wow, how can God use me because I messed up? Well, you got to forgive yourself because Jesus has forgive you. But you also need to forgive others. And you may be saying, Dean, you don't know what they did to me. I don't know what they did to you. Jesus does. He wants you to release it so that you can move on in life. It isn't that they're getting away with anything. It's tying you down. It's really stopping you from serving him 100%. If you're here tonight and you need to forgive someone or forgive yourself, raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Raise it high. I really believe that motion of bringing it up high, you're already starting in that movement of forgiving somebody. Doesn't mean you want to, you know you need to. Raise it high. Yes. Yeah, there's a freedom with that. You can feel it already. You can feel the freedom. You can put your hands down. And the last area is people need physical healing. Some of you out there has got something going on with your body and you needed the Lord to touch it. When this happened to me, there were 29 different things that went wrong with this body and God healed all 29 and didn't leave a residue. They went back in to look for the things and they couldn't find them because they were healed. He can do that for you too. Just before I came here, about a year before I came here, I said it, I was diagnosed with cancer. Remember that, Richard? I was diagnosed with cancer. I was told, they didn't tell you what stage it was, but they said it was bad. They didn't tell me how it stage. I'll be honest with you, my first thought was, I get to go home. And then my next thought was, oh yeah, I promised you I'd stay here until I was 95. And then I went and started asking people, I asked Richard, I'd ask Nancy, I said, you guys, don't pray that I be healed, rejoice with me that I'm healed. A month later, they, they went ahead and examined me and I was healed. Well, the Lord can do the same for you. He wants you to fulfill your spot on this planet. And then you go home and you get your place there. If that's you and you need healing for anything, Lord, even that to, if you know someone that needs healing, raise your hand. Just raise your hand. I really believe he's moving because you raised your hand, whether it's you or somebody else, he is moving. Is this good news or is this good news?